Your work week is over. The plant called and said, if you don't come in tomorrow, don't bother coming in Monday. Woohoo! Four-day weekend. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts, with Jeffrey Gorman and Matt Taylor. Yes, indeed. Good evening, TGIF. Happy weekend. Happy Friday night. Thanks for getting it going here with us on The Last Word. The home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan, I'm Matt Taylor. No Jeffrey Gorman tonight, as you heard in the imaging promo or the open right there. Casey Vallier instead is filling in tonight talking some Colts football. Showcase, what's happening? Not a whole lot. Matt, do we know where Jeffrey is? Is it just parts unknown? Uh, Jeffrey, is, I think, is out on the West Coast. Okay, I all right. he's in California today. He's a busy man. He's he always is. all over the place. You trying know, trying to set up pin on the Google map for Jeffrey Gorman <laughs> is one of the most challenging things one man can do. He is all over the place. The frequent flyer miles for Jeffrey Gorman are plentiful. Let's just put it that way. Speaking of plentiful, the off-season workout program for the Colts was just that. Yes, it, was it was plenty busy, but the Colts are done. The off-season is it's over. Summer break is here in the NFL and for the Indianapolis Colts. We've got a lot to get into tonight as always. The last word tonight is brought to you by FanDuel, making every moment more. And coming up on tonight's show, we're going to recap the Colts' veteran minicamp that was this week. It was supposed to be three days, but it was two, thanks to Shane Steichen's good graces, uh, cutting the minicamp short a little bit. Team wrapped up on Wednesday. Everybody was hyped about that. Right. Were you surprised? Uh, I mean, a little bit. I mean, you you see most NFL teams do that. Right. Yeah, I mean, you see most teams – uh, get the work in, get in and get out and, you know, celebrate the fact that these guys have been working and grinding for right. nine, ten weeks. Exactly. And speaking of Shane Steichen, we're going to hear from the Colts head coach. He's coming up on segment number two. He's going to recap the spring workouts and discuss his thoughts on the development of the offense and Anthony Richardson and the rest of that Colts rookie class. So two days this week, Case. Uh, it, it looked and felt a lot like OTAs. The only difference is on paper it was a mandatory right. veteran minicamp, and the Colts had no problems there in terms of attendance. So what stood out to you about this week's practice for the Colts as they wrapped up the uh, the springtime portion of their offseason workouts? I think, honestly, what stood out to me was the defense continued to look good, which is to be expected. Mm-hmm. you got a new offense, new quarterbacks, all of that. The defense... Gus Bradley's still here. That defensive scheme and a lot of the players are still here. So we kind of anticipated that. Uh, but I was a little shocked that they kind of went off script. I thought it was going to be one of those things. We might not see that until training camp. But I don't know if it's speeding up the process at all, but doing something a little different in this time frame. So maybe a little off script, which might have lent its hand a little bit more towards the defense having a little bit of a leg up. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of my big takeaway. But also, this is going to sound really silly, but just the energy level stood out if it, it seems like everybody's kind of on the same page having a good time not like they weren't last year but sometimes just a new voice new energy it, it just kind of gets you a little bit just a different more of a hype feeling so I, that's kind of what i mm-hmm. took from it just a little bit new i agree sense of energy yeah way. i agree you know same kind of things i think the passing game in general needs to be sharpened yes. up heading into training camp Shane Steichen talked about that, I think, on Wednesday after practice. He would agree with that. Um, you did see some unevenness, uh, unevenness, I should say, with both quarterbacks right. during those unscripted portions of practice this week. And then, of course, I mean, you still don't have your top weapons on 100%. offense going out there. You still didn't see Pittman this week. Josh Downs was down, Jelani Woods, for example. Jonathan Taylor, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got all these guys. Yeah. But overall, I think you're right. I think the defense is ahead of the offense in general, and I think that's to be expected considering right. 
where those two units are at right now, presently speaking. I mean, everything on offense is basically still fresh. You've got a rookie quarterback. The core of that defense is intact, and you're right. talking about year two under Gus Bradley. Everybody on that side of the ball across the board flying around and playing more instinctual, if you will. And, and like you said, I mean, to be expected, that's kind of what I was anticipating heading into this spot. So I wouldn't say that mm-hmm. saying this, the offense is, oh, there's concern or they're behind. I just think this is kind of the way that it was. Go- I expected it to go at this point of the year. And it sounds like Anthony Richardson spent most of his time in Indianapolis the last month and a half either at Walgreens. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, he said he went to a hibachi dinner one yes. night. I don't know if that means multiple outings at the same restaurant. Right. But for the most part, I think he's staring at at four white blank walls at either his house or apartment or or condo wherever he's posted up at, and he's looking at his his iPad and he's he's fully entrenched in that playbook right, right. now. Right. I mean, I that was an interesting <laughs> comment during his presser, like Walgreens, Hibachi, and then here, and then Michael Pittman even talked about it. He's trying to talk to Anthony at times, and he's like, hey, man, can you just focus on me while Anthony is in his <laughs> iPad? Like, hold on just a second. I'll get to you. Just It's one of those things. I, I was talking about this the other day that I think when he talks and he says that he's trying to learn and do all this, like, I truly believe him. Like, I really think that it's not just he's saying the right things. I think he's doing the right That's things, That's why the Colts drafted So I really have been impressed with what everybody else is saying about him. And then, you know, being able to hear from him from the first time this week than we since right after the draft, mm-hmm. I really think he is kind of developing into what they thought they were getting when they drafted him. So how do you think the Colts will initially handle Richardson and Minshew at the start of camp up at Grand Park? I'm assuming it's going to be a lot of what we've seen now where one day it might be Gardner getting the first team reps and then you know Richardson doing this and that. I think one of the things that stuck out to me was I didn't notice a huge gap between the two guys. But I think that was one of the things that maybe – Um, sparked my interest a little bit more is maybe that learning curve isn't nearly as large as what we thought it was going to be. Now, Mm -hmm. I think Gardner Minshew would be the first to tell you that he wasn't as sharp as he would have wanted to be during this time frame, but I just don't think that 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 gap was as big. So I think when you head into camp, there's a real opportunity for a guy like Anthony Richardson to continue to take that next step, make that decision even more difficult on when to get him on the field. Yeah, I think you get a few weeks into training camp, maybe you get one preseason game under your belt, and then you can decide if Richardson is truly ready right? and if he needs more time. Of course he's not ready, but right. I think everybody understands what I mean by that. Ready based on his comfort level, his poise, his ability to just lead out there and to be a guy that the rest of the huddle looks up to and trusts. I mean, of course he's going to go through his bumps and have his ups and downs if indeed he is the starter week one or very early on in the season. But I think training camp is going to tell us his acclimation going into the start of the regular season. And I think for me, what I want to see is Richardson's growth in the red zone. That's where it gets tough, right, with the small windows and teams blitzing you more down there. I'll be interested to see where he's at with that come training camp. No, and I think he's addressed that. So as Gardner Minshew talking about how that's been an area I have told him that, you know, that's where it matters. He's that man, that's fast. And it's fast. The windows are tight. But I also liked what they said is, a completion is a good thing down in that area. And that is a good, especially for a young guy, get in that mindset that you don't have to make the touchdown right as you get in the red zone. A sure. completion's a good thing. Make it more manageable. 
and that's a key thing for for a young guy in this offense. Hey, the last words brought to you by FanDuel, making every moment more with FanDuel, proud sportsbook partner of the Indianapolis Colts. Also, reminder that registration for the 11th annual Colts 5K Run and Walk, it's open now. Head to Colts5K.com. All in-person events will take place at Lucas Oil Stadium, downtown Indy, coming up on Saturday, August the 19th, and all that participate will finish the race on the 50-yard line at Lucas Oil Stadium and receive a finisher medal and t-shirt and a ticket to the Colts home preseason game later on that night against the Chicago Bears. So again, head to Colts5k.com for all the information regarding that. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about the Colts minicamp that just wrapped up. Shane Steichen is going to join us and break down his first spring on the job, his uh, big takeaways from Anthony Richardson's time so far in Indianapolis during the OTAs and the minicamp and what he thinks of the rest of the rookie class. A lot of banged-up players in that rookie class. We'll talk about that coming up next with the head coach of the Colts joining us here in The Last Word. Stay with us on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. We now return to the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. The last word from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Hey, welcome back tonight. Last words, the off-season radio home of the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Taylor here, Casey Valier tonight. No Jeffrey Gorman this evening on a Friday night. Thanks for joining us. We're brought to you by FanDuel, making every moment more. Shane Steichen's going to join us here in just a second. Bit of Colts news, though, that came out earlier this week. Some bad news regarding the, the Colts' 2023 draft class. Fifth-round pick Daniel Scott, a safety out of Cal. He is done for the season. He was placed on IR this week after reportedly tearing his ACL and OTAs last week. That's according to ESPN. I think the Indy Star had that as well. He's a he's an older prospect, too. He played six years at Cal Casey redshirted his freshman season in 2017 didn't become a starter until 2021 in college team captain last year uh, went to the senior bowl but he's going to be 25 years old halfway through his uh, rookie season that unfortunately will not get started because of this injury yeah it's tough and you look at him from a numbers in in special team wise he played I think I want to say the number was like over 600 special team snaps during his time so they thought that was going to be a position for him to kind of slide right in and kind of be one of those core special teamers so definitely an injury there that that kind of hurts yeah kind of a rough season too as we said uh, in the last segment kind of a rough off season for rookies for the Colts in terms of seeing the field yeah yeah Juju Drew Brents in the second round out of Warren Central. He missed all of the spring in terms of on-the-field activity with a wrist. Josh Downs picked up in round three. He missed OTAs with a knee. Tight end Will Mallory picked up in round five out of Miami. He missed OTAs with a hamstring. So uh, we'll see where the Colts are at injury-wise with their young star players coming up in training camp. Also, the Colts made a roster move this week. They signed undrafted rookie free agent safety Michael Tutsi. He took part in the Colts' rookie minicamp and then also the veteran minicamp on a tryout basis. He went to North Dakota State, but if that name sounds familiar to you, if you're a high school football buff around here, uh, it should. He went to Warren Central High School and was teammates with yeah. Juju Brents. So you got some more local flavor in here. His dad is actually the special teams coach at Marion University, okay. Steve Tutsi, and he won a bunch of state championships as the head coach at Warren Central uh, back in the day. So some uh, again, some local flavor uh, with the Colts. You know, two guys from the same high school. 
on the same team in the market that they grew up in. <laughs> Could you, cool. you imagine being uh, you know, the offensive players going up against that every week in high school? <laughs> right. <laughs> you got two guys yeah. that are now playing in now the NFL. Now in the National man. Football League. Yeah, Warren Central, man. They are. They certainly have a, a fantastic program, a lot of tradition, a lot of history, and have turned out some great players. All right, as promised, let's get to head coach Shane Steichen. Earlier this week, I chatted with him and discussed the team's minicamp that just wrapped up his big takeaways in the Colts offseason workout program and his first few months on the job as the head man in Indianapolis in his first year. Off-season minicamp recap update with the head coach of the Colts, Shane Steichen. Coach, first off, congratulations on your first spring, for the most part, in the books. How do you feel? What's your assessment of the work that your guys got in during the springtime? You know what? I just thought there was a lot of great intensity, a lot of good energy. You know, you know, obviously it's hard without pads on, um, but just the way the guys were flying around, the fast-paced practices, you know, I like to see that of the guys, good tempo in and out of huddle. Um, I, I, I thought it was a good offseason, and we got to continue that and really carry it and build it into this training camp going forward. What about the camaraderie? What about the bonds this team is building in the spring this time of year before training camp? How important is this time of year for those things that you just can't quantify? Yeah, that's that's a huge, huge part of this process is, you know, the bonds and building those, you know, the team chemistry, you know, because I've said this before. People have probably heard me say this a whole bunch, but when you're connected, you're committed. And mm-hmm. uh, I think when you, uh, you know, create those bonds, not only in the building, but outside, you know, the field and doing a barbecue or the bowling event we did and just continue to learn each other and get to know each other, you're going to go a little bit harder for that right. person. A big part of your makeup is accountability. You hold yourself accountable. You hold the coaches accountable, the players. You hold them accountable as well. How have you seen the team overall respond to that part of your personality? Uh, I think it's been good. You know, I think accountability, it doesn't always have to be a bad thing. You know what I mean? When the right. players do do it right, you, you praise them. You know, when it's wrong, something needs to be said. Because I think if you just let the little thing slide over and over again, that's when an avalanche of problems you sure. know, starts to happen. So just staying accountable uh, in the building, outside the building, you know, representing the Colts Shield, representing the National Football League, uh, it's an honor to be a part of it. How about for you? Do you feel like you're settled in? I, mean, I know the last couple of months have been pretty crazy for you. Do you feel like you've established some routines in the way you want to do things? Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you establish your new routines when training camp comes around, you know, because that's another different deal. So uh, excited, looking forward to the challenge this year, going to battle with these guys, these coaches, these players, front office, the whole entire building, the organization. Uh, it's been tremendous, you know, these last couple months, but really looking forward to the season. All right. With the offense, you, you look at it, Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson, they're splitting time at quarterback with the first team offense. How do you explain their dynamic between those two guys, their teammates? How do you explain just the way they're working together right now? You know what? It's, it's been good to see it's been really fun to see actually you know Gardner you know been in this league for a while you know has some experience and then you know Anthony being a young guy uh, just kind of seeing how Gardner works and how he operates in the meetings mm-hmm. you know and on the field all those different things uh, but their bond's been strong uh, it'll continue to be strong uh, really like where they're at where has the game maybe slowed down for Richardson specifically I think just being around, you know, the the starting group, the veteran guys, you know what I mean? And once you get out there the first couple times, it's probably a little fast, and then it starts to slow down. And then, you know, obviously being a quarterback in this league, the mental game is huge, you know. And so just really learning the system. You know, once you master the system, that's where it really, really starts to slow down for quarterbacks. And that's the process we're going through with him right now is mastering, you know, the system. And, you know, obviously when we get to training camp, we'll get more reps at certain plays. You know, we're not doing a ton of reps out here in OTAs. Right. Um, We're getting a few here and there. But as long as you can see different looks over and over again, whether it's the same play, but you see five different looks. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? You put him through all those different things so he knows when it comes time on game time, like he can see it. What will your message be to him? 
during this time off away from the team? As he's with himself, what does he need to improve on specifically before camp? Just keep working, studying the playbook more than anything. I mean, the talent's there. You know, we, we right. saw it out here. Um, but just keep working on, you know, watching the tape, studying the playbook, you know, have your time off, but really, you're not really taking a ton of time off. Like, you got to stay in this playbook. You know, the best ones always, you know, even when they go away from summer, they got a detailed plan of how they right. need to get that done. So, when you look at the defense, I know you weren't here last year, but you know Gus Bradley yeah. very well. You watched a lot of this defense on film last year. Heck, you played against him last year. Can you sense that the defense overall, the core players within that unit, are, are ahead of schedule playing faster in year two in that system? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, when you're in year two of the same system, I think guys are naturally going to play faster. Um, um, but you can just see how well they're playing together. You know, it's a good group up front. The linebackers, the back end, everyone, the, the way they're playing, having fun, energy. Uh, it's been really fun to see, and I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to watching it and being a part of it this season. Yeah, indeed. And last couple of things, the rookie class. I mean, everybody talks about Anthony Richardson, yeah. who's the headliner of that rookie class. But is the rest of the first-year players, are they on schedule in terms of where you want them to be with the mental side of the game? Yeah, definitely. I think I think they're continuing to learn. You know what I mean? It is, it is a process, but I do like where all those young guys are at right now. You know, there's some young guys that have made some splash plays. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear in OTAs, which is really exciting to see, and continue that trend into training camp and let that thing feed into the season. It'll be it'll be good for us. All right, I know you got to run. Lastly, for you, what what does the summer look like for you? Will you take any time with, yeah. with the craziness that your last six months have been? Yeah, I'll take I'll take a little time. I'll probably take about a week and a half, two weeks, go see family. You know, out in California, do that for a little bit and then I'll be back here in Indy for the last, you know, two and a half weeks just getting situated with the family and kind of exploring Indy and seeing all the things that it has to offer and and at the same time all ball there right. too when I'm back. How much are you looking forward to your first camp? Uh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm excited. You know, obviously training camp's a fun time. I really do enjoy training camp, just, you know, being around the guys. Like you said, or we talked about earlier, the bond, the chemistry sure. you kind of build through training camp, you know, those long days together. Uh, and then and look forward to the season. Indeed. Coach, thanks as always for your time. Yeah, Good luck. You. Thank you. That's Shane Steichen. That's from earlier this week as he recapped the offseason workout program and the minicamp for the Indianapolis Colts. Next up for the Colts, by the way, training camp. That's coming up in late July up at Graham Park in Westfield, so keep an eye out for that in terms of the schedule. That should be coming out later on this month. All right, when we come back, we'll give you the Forum Credit Union question of the week regarding the Colts' running game and why running backs around the NFL are at somewhat of a crossroads and what that means for Jonathan Taylor. We'll explain next. Here on The Last Word, we're back in a moment on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. If you can't get enough Colts talk, this is your show. This is The Last Word, the off-season home of the Colts from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Hey, welcome back. And The Last Words brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel, proud sports book partner of the Indianapolis Colts. Matt Taylor, Casey Vallier tonight. Jeffrey Gorman is out. He'll be back next week. Last Word, of course, also brought to you by Meyer, the official super center of the Indianapolis Colts, proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest. We tease the running backs and the running games across the NFL. It is appropriate to get into this because Jonathan Taylor, as you know, Casey, he led the NFL in rushing not that long ago in 2021 with a franchise record 1,800 yards and racked up a league-best 2,171 yards from scrimmage and 20 total touchdowns. However, the Colts missed the playoffs that season. Casey, I want to know, only three rushing champions have ever appeared in the Super Bowl the year they led the league in rushing. Who are they? 
I'm going to think Emmett Smith is one. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Go with the obvious there. Okay. The other two are going to be a little bit more obscure, tough to come up with. Think uh, mid-2000s and then late-90s. Mid-2000s. Uh, Seattle in the mid-2000s. Okay, Sean Alexander? Yes. Okay. Good poll, good poll. All right. And then John Elway in the late 90s. Think about who his running back was back then. Uh, Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis, okay. yes. All right. Only three guys have ever led the NFL in rushing and then appeared in the Super Bowl the year they were the top dog. So that is appropriate. By the way, that's the Forum Credit Union question of the week. Visit the Forum Credit Union section of Colts.com to interact with other fans online. You can post a topic and participate in various discussions regarding the Colts Forum Credit Union, helping members live their financial dreams. That's the backdrop because you've got star running backs at crossroads across the NFL right now. You've got Josh Jacobs, his contract situation with the franchise tag. He has not signed that. Same thing with Saquon Barkley. He hasn't signed his franchise tag. You've got Dalvin Cook being released. You've got Ezekiel Elliott being released. And then you've got Jonathan Taylor. He's heading into his last year of his rookie contract. The question is, do you think they're going to win? Do you think they're going to get what they think they deserve? I think it's hard. I mean, I think I think it's a really good topic. I'm kind of tipping my hat at, at all these running backs because they bring up really good things. But We just got done talking about the elite running backs rarely play in the Super Bowl. Right. You, there, there's that, the devaluing of the position because you see teams like Philadelphia last year, and you think about that playoff run, it was guys like Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. They're not your marquee names, and this is a team that was playing in the Super Bowl. Isaac Pacheco. Yeah. I mean, he was a seventh-round seventh round pick. So yeah. you think about it that way, those are the two teams in the Super Bowl. So it's almost like there's conflicting things all over because you look at a guy like Christian McCaffrey and what he does for the 49ers and what he did for Carolina. He's such a dynamic weapon. Dalvin Cook, we saw it when the Colts played Minnesota. He's a guy that is a game-changer, but when it comes to that financial thing, that's where it really gets tough. So yeah. ultimately, I don't think they win, to be honest. There's so many running backs that infiltrate the NFL on a year-to-year basis coming from the draft and undrafted free agency. I mean, like you said, just last year, Kenneth Walker in round two, 1,200 yards. Damian Pierce in round four was a 1,000-yard guy for the Houston Texans. You talked about Isaiah Pacheco, and these guys are not going to cost teams 10 to $14 million a year because they're on rookie contracts. So I think some teams say to themselves that, Maybe we can go get 85 to 90% of a Dalvin Cook or an Ezekiel Elliott or a Josh Jacobs and pay them significantly less money on rookie contracts. I think that's the crossroads that some of these guys are at. Now, as it relates to the Colts and Jonathan Taylor, and we've got the rest of the summer to get into this. I know we're kind of crunched for time. But to me, he's in the same waters, but he's in a different boat all by himself driving that boat faster than a lot of these other guys because I think Jonathan Taylor is that talented, that dynamic, and can change the game more so than some of these other guys because of his athleticism and his speed and his propensity to make big runs, to turn a seven-yard gain into a 65-yard touchdown. Well, I think what we're all looking at is the evolution of Anthony Richardson. I think a big proponent behind that is what Jonathan Taylor can do for him, and that's where that is. I completely agree that there's exceptions to the rule, and I think JT is in that. We'll see how it all plays out with the Indianapolis Colts. We're with you every Friday night until training camp. The last word here with Casey Vallier. I'm Matt Taylor. Jeffrey Gorman is back next week. We're up against it, though. we got to run. ESPN Radio is coming up next. 
and we'll have more on the Colts all summer and again next Friday as we get in the last word here on the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Have a great weekend.